The following is a production of Galactic Netcasts. This episode of the Podcast of Terror is brought to you by our friend and frequent guest, Matt Vincent. Head on over to thehate.com, that's T-H-E-H-V-I-I-I.com, and use the code HBG15 for 15% off your order. Welcome to episode 50 of the Podcast of Terror. That's right, I said it. Gory, we reached episode 50. <laughs> We're now hanging lower than my balls. Uh, the party horns totally uh, covered up your ball comment, but yeah, he mentioned his balls. Uh, the Podcast of Terror is a production of Galactic Netcasts. This is a podcast about things that scare you. I'm your host, Matt Stein. With me, as almost always, is Corey Droopy Ball Scott. Corey, how are you? I am hanging low to the left and <laughs> kind of sweating in the back of my knees. <laughs> Low-hanging fruit. Uh, for more on this podcast, including show notes, content information, subscription links, you can go to gncast.com. You can chat with us on our Slack channel during our shows at gncast.com. And while you're there, you can subscribe to our newsletter as well. Podcast of Terror is spoiler heavy. And if you haven't seen what we're talking about, which is going to be 10 Cloverfield Lane, go do that now. Pause it. We'll stay put. We will sit here until you come back, I promise. Uh, also, I swear a lot. Corey wants me to While we're sitting up. here, you should feed us. Feed it. I just ate. I just ate a lot, um, so I'm pretty good. But tonight, for lucky number episode 50, we have the one and only Gregor Sprague, co-host of the Else Nerds, swinger of dicks, destroyer of worlds, is here to bring the fucking ruckus tonight. Gregor, how are you? Vagina I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> Corey, stop stop spitting comedic gold while other people are talking. No one's going to hear your comedic gold there, Corey. <laughs> That's like episode 13 of Else Nerds. 12. Oh, okay. No, I plan ahead. We're going to fuck up 13 too. Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> uh, I guess this bears some requirement to explain. Now, you guys do the Else Nerds podcast. What is it? So the Else Nerds is basically like everything else that you could talk about on Sci-Fi Geeks Club or that you couldn't talk on Sci-Fi Geeks Club to use a Galactic Netcast show. Um, we come in, we'll have the news, um, we'll have something that I'm nerding out about, something that Corey's nerding out about, and then a big discussion topic, and we will chat for 40 or 54, 14, or 54 minutes and 14 seconds on the last one that no one can watch. <laughs> I'm sensing some butthurtedness about what happened. Now, I briefly heard that you guys lost an episode, but I think you have to tell me the story now. So we do, we, we record like Podcast of Terror usually does and all the other shows. We record live through Google Hangouts. Oh, I thought you were going to say drunk. Yeah, that's well, how I do them. Well, Corey, I don't know, but I don't drink that much. So Corey gets Re- drunk. really ever. So Corey gets drunk on breast milk. <laughs> it's true. It's usually for my own breasts. Because I'm 100% tank all the time. Uh, weird. Uh, anyways, I'm sorry, Greg, you were saying. But no, so we 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 recorded last Wednesday, and some dumbass hosts named Gregor decided let's show the trailers full screen because we were talking about the stuff from San Diego Comic Con, <laughs> and bam, bam, two pull downs from Warner because we showed their trailers. They cut us midstream. No notification in Hangout, by the way. So I'm oh. like... Yeah, so I'm like, fuck you guys, YouTube. Sorry, I love you. No, um, no, no, fuck them. <laughs> full disclosure, Tom's wife works for YouTube. Oh, never mind. I don't know Tom. Sorry, Tom's wife. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, we sat and did the whole show, which it's irregular for us that it's going to go long. And this was a, a kind of epic length uh, show for Else Nerds times and we find out afterwards that not only did the show get pulled uh, but it got pulled halfway through so even if we somehow do miraculously get the video back we're probably missing a third to half of the content so uh, how long was the episode because I mean Else Nerds is usually like what two hours long or something like that Cause the, we, we try to so keep at about to an hour Okay, but so this one roughly I two think hours might have been an hour and a half to almost two hours. Oh, that's not terrible. Yeah, you made it sound like it was like a six-hour-long slow jerk. 
We've done it that. Would have been, it would have been, which when we have done that with uh, the movie drafts and TV drafts yep. that we've done, but it would have been a six-hour slow jerk if we had done every movie and TV trailer that was on the uh, stream. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's weird that they didn't even notify you that they were they were taking you down, but I guess... Well, oh, no, they did afterwards. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. You'd they think did, that they would they stop you all... and be like, hey, by the way, we're going to shit all over your face right now. Yeah, it, but it wasn't anything in the Hangout. It was on Slack. I noticed, just noticed as we're done, Dave messaged, hey, you guys got a takedown notice, or we got, you got a notice. And with how I read the email, and actually I'm, I can pull it up right now, it sounds exactly like... Oh, it's still going to be up there saying a copyright user or a copyright owner using content ID claims some material in your video. This is just a heads up. Don't worry. You're not in trouble and your account standings is not affected. There are either ads running on your video with the revenue going to the copyright owner or the copyright owner is receiving stats about your video's views. And it gives a title, which makes you think it's still up. Yep. We're, but no, you go there. You, sorry, this video is not available. So I'm like, okay, Warner, you didn't want our three cents? Yeah, yeah. That Like, why would they care? Especially if any revenue that we would have created would have still gone to them. I don't get it. Yeah. What the fuck? What do I know about America? Answer's yeah, it, not it's, much. It's one of those things, like, I try to explain to the guys after the show to our producers, uh, Beatmaster, Evan, and Gregor. We're using a system that's set up that's free to us for, to use, and... I mean, the show wouldn't really exist without it, except today we're trying something different. Mm-hmm. But sometimes shit goes wrong, and it it's fine. It it was not like we were banking on this episode, and this was going to be our pathway to discovery. It was just it was a fun episode to do, and we wish it could be out there for people who listen to it. Um, but it's fine. Yeah. Even for me to remember what I said. But that sucks, though. I mean, to like lose an entire podcast worth of content well to be honest though we've lost to spreecast we lost what four shows i forgot about spreecast that was before i ever produced a podcast so i don't know i don't know spreecast pain yeah we lost a couple years of content to spreecast going away ouch Uh, that sucks Uh, that was our that was our alpha phase hey that was everyone goes through it yeah, that was that. That was the uh, the Dave Nelson or, or the Dave Live Daily. That, oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, Dick swinging with Dave. That's that my <laughs> favorite. I don't think Dave knows that he did that one, but in my brain, he does it. It was just the podcast was all the video, and it was just Dave's being fought around by a a hand cam. He doesn't even know is there. It's just like under crotch shots of Dave going up escalators. <laughs> did you ever see the um? It was like some weird performance art piece, and the guys like weren't. He's got arm stilts and like a big pole in his in his crotch, and he was like yeah, swinging they, it. Yeah, they play that thing on Tosh Point oh all yes, the time. Yes, yes, that is what I imagine Dick swinging with Davis. No, it's not Tosh Point oh, It was on uh, uh, Good News with Russell Howard. Oh, I think it was recently on Tosh Point oh for something. It, it might have clip, been, but, but they used it. They used used it in a couple of the seasons on. Uh, Russell Howard's good news over in the UK. Oh jeez! It, it would just be like a random clip, and they're just throwing. It's just bang, bang, oh. bang. Do I remember watching like the video by itself and just being confused? Um, but by your hormones? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, had, I had tingles in new places, and there was hair where there was never hair before. It's just a very confusing time for a young man. Uh, so, anyways, Craiger, thanks for coming. It, that was the, the longest intro that we've ever had for a guest on podcast fair history. Um, so we should, you know, it makes sense. Full else nerd style. Full, yeah, yeah, it goes with the else nerd. So say suck it, Matt Vincent. Ooh, uh, oh, we know he doesn't listen, so he'll never hear that. But I know a couple people who listen because of him, so they'll hear it. But man. <laughs> he's over in Scotland. Swinging rocks and shit, but uh, yeah. If you're new to the podcast of Terror, we're gonna talk about some news, then we're gonna go ahead and talk about the movie in which Gregor has picked. Uh, the first news story is a little short one. This is actually brought to my attention by our listener Seth, and then I found the news story. But uh, missed you either, either of you watch Mr. Robot? I, I was watched a big fan season of the first one. Season? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I watched season one. 
I figure now that I'm fun employed, I will probably pick up on season two. Uh, I'm having a hard time getting into season two. I'll be honest. I haven't watched a new season two yet. It's filling up my DVR. I've just been busy with watching other shitty movies on here. Long, lingerous looks at the back of somebody's head as they play a record album. Uh, but overall, I loved the first season. My ex's son, I got into the show. And so he's always on my ass like, have you watched it yet? God damn it, you need to watch it. I need to talk about this. Oh, uh, well, we don't need to get into too much then. But uh, on the most recent episode, which came out, what, the 28th? July 28th? 27th? Somewhere in there? They uh, kind of reveal where the mask comes from, and it ends up being from, like, an 80s slasher movie. And then they actually film, like, eight minutes of the movie, which they show bits and pieces. Uh, excuse me, they show bits and pieces in, like, the show. So Yeah, the movie cool. is in there. Uh, Elliot and Darlene are watching it. Movie's called "The Careful Massacre of the Bourgeoisie," yep. and uh, having just recently watched *Stranger Things*, mm. I'm not as impressed with the take of 1985 from this as I am with what they did in *Stranger Things* with 1984. Mm-hmm. But it's still pretty cool, and it looks like a nice, shitty late-night movie that you'd watch. Uh, perfect '80s slasher-esque. Uh, and according to the rules of the podcast of terror, there are boobs. Oh yeah, there's definitely titties. Yep, I tits. Yeah, I love tits. Um, yeah, it's, uh, really not a whole lot else to say besides that. But uh, now, do either of you watch American Horror Story? Nope, never oh, got into fucking it. Fucking crickets. <laughs> wow. That... I told you my wife is a big fan. I just couldn't stick it out with it. Yeah, it got weirder as it went along. Uh, totally, it totally does. But I don't know. There's something about it. I feel like it's like I, I, I tried heroin, and now I just can't stop. It's like <laughs> even though I know it's really not that good anymore, like I still do it. Like I probably shouldn't be doing this, but I still do it. Like the I mean, last. You can't fault the cast. The cast is excellent. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's just it gets too weird. And like I, I was trying to explain it to someone once, and it was like the first season like gradually got weird, second season like got weirder a little quicker, and then like the fifth season it was like by the third episode it was like just so fucking weird and it just stayed weird. Um, so I feel like they're they're constantly trying to like one up themselves. Yeah. Which sucks, but. Um, yeah, so anyways, there was a bunch of teasers about uh, season six because their big thing is that every season is different. Um, so there was uh, six six promos, six different ten-second promos came out. Not a single one of them makes sense as to what it might be. Everyone's different. So people are people are doing what people do and trying to figure out what exactly season six of American Horror Story is about. Uh, they say that... Season six is mixing two ideas, one of which is not Slenderman. Now, I don't know if that means that the other one could be Slenderman. Uh, uh, I think that there there was talks it. there was talks at one point that it it was going to be about Slenderman, and I think that's where this came from. I mean, it's starring Lady Gaga, and Lady Gaga could make a great Slenderman type character. Uh, Lady Gaga was in season five too, and you see a lot of sweet shots of her rump tuchus. She does have a nice turd cutter on her, so... Um, I, I also... She's a pretty good actress. Like, I hate to admit it, but she's not bad at what she does. She's a multi-talented lady. Uh, she wears a meat dress in public. That's Tune not... in next week as Matt has listened to a full, all of Lady Gaga's albums and is like, I'm a little monster now. Lady Gaga. You can't be a little monster now. Matt was born that way. Oh, Jesus. I don't know any. Here, let's, let's fucking turn this one up a notch. Lady Gaga songs. <laughs> it's okay, Matt. Corey just performs this way. Oh boy. That's right. I went the Weird Al route. I love Weird Al. Um, I don't know, Corey. Sometimes it's just our love game. Eh? Eh? She actually has a song called Eh? Eh? <laughs> Uh, Gregor, let's dance in the dark. All right, that's enough of that. Um, Only if we can dance like no one's watching. That's nude, right? No, that's like everyone's watching. Uh, no, oh, never mind. Uh, this, this is going nowhere good, in my opinion. Emperor's <laughs> um, <laughs> new disco suit. Hey, so our next story is... Uh, I snuck a couple in on Matt. 
That's fine. Stories, I mean, while uh, he was driving back from band practice. Next story comes to us from Dread Central. Flatliners remake is actually a sequel. Kiefer Sutherland is reprising his original role from the first film. So we've known a little bit about Flatliners getting a remake as we'd heard it coming up, and they snuck one by us again, and it's going to be an actual sequel to the first film, which originally had Kevin Bacon, Kiefer Sutherland, Julia Roberts, and Oliver Platt. This one's going to, along with Sutherland, have Ellen Page, Diego Luna, Nina Dobrev, and some other people I don't know. Oh, Kiersey Clemens. Uh, Bo Murchoff is on Awkward on MTV. That's um, why I don't know him. Yeah. And then I don't recognize the other two. Uh, but it's being directed by Niels Arden Oplev, who uh, did the Swedish version of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and also has directed for Mr. Robot, which we were just speaking of, and a script by Ben Ripley, who wrote the source code. Source code for what? I don't know. Probably for Mr. Robot. I wish I had that sound clip. That'd be a good uh, work on that. So the original movie was, for those who don't know, was a movie where a bunch of scientists got together and created a way to bring themselves back from the dead. And they started using it as experiments. They would stop their hearts, bring themselves back after having essentially what were near-death experiences, but things started coming back with them. And that caused uh, horror movie turmoil. Uh, would it be weird if I admitted that I've never seen Flatliners in its entirety? No. I mean, it's it's early enough that you would have been very young when it came out, I think. Yeah, and... but there's a lot of movies that I was very young when they came out that I've seen. Well, it's also not one of those ones that I think has been at the cultural zeitgeist of, like, everybody needs to see Flatliners. It's a good movie. It's solid, especially for its time, and great young cast. I'm kind of surprised no one has mentioned doing that on our shit show. Yeah, that's exactly my point, though, is that I don't think it's something that sticks out. It's from 1990. It's just old enough that I think a lot of people probably haven't heard about it. It's not like it's getting replayed on cable every night. It's true. I'm gonna... But it'd be worth seeing. Yeah, I'm totally going to I'm gonna watch it. I'm not opposed to that. I mean, we could definitely put it on the list. <clears throat> well, we need to stop having guests. Not that I'm complaining. Go away, Gregor. Yeah, okay. Gregor, we're going to talk about Flatliners. <laughs> no, that, so what we do is, is we let the guests choose the, the topic because that just makes the most sense to me. Instead of, hey, come on our show and talk about what we want to talk about. Like, why don't you come on our show and we'll talk about what you want to talk about. Well, come on our show. We'll act like we're going to talk like you want to talk about, but we're still going to talk about what we want to talk about. I, all, for some reason, all I could think about was talking about pizza. Yeah, that's true. We get, we gonna talk about pizza? I think we have to now. Uh, so um, we have a really good pineapple local pizza pitch. place. No, pineapple pizza is not good. No, well, not pineapple alone, but you get pineapple on there. Pineapple and ham, no bueno. Ham and sauerkraut, probably the best pizza I've ever had. Sauerkraut? What the fuck is you putting sauerkraut on your pizza for? So I worked at a pizza place when I was in high school, and uh, they had a ham and sauerkraut pizza on the buffet. And when the buffet was done, we would just take all the, like, three-quarter left pieces, like pizzas, and then everyone would just take shit home. And I always took ham and sauerkraut home. All right. Now, I'm kind of thinking that... I was hypothetically stories, high. Like, wasn't the, the story about the guy from Marilyn Manson, not Marilyn Manson himself, but one of the guys from the band used to work at a pizza place and used to ejaculate into the pizza toppings or something and are, are, send that off to people? Are you? I think I might be less offended by that than I am if my pizza showed up with sauerkraut on it. Dude, I fucking love sauerkraut. It makes me smell like a fucking garbage can, but it's so good. Is it because you're having sex with it? No, no, no. Sauerkraut. No. Makes my ass stink, Corey. It's not just because I'm having sex with it. <laughs> just because, uh, it's because I'm shoving the sauerkraut in my ass. Uh, let's talk about this Phantasm movie. I've never seen any of these movies, so I'm hoping one or both of you have something to say about these. I've seen Phantasm 2. And again, it's around that, that early 90s, maybe late 80s. Uh, 88 was Phantasm 2 when it came out. I sort of maybe think I remember seeing Phantasm 1 at some point. What is it, what's uh, it's it really really none of the sequels. What's that? What's it about? Uh, it's hard to say. It's like people... I remember people running through crypts. This... It's about a phantom that has an orgasm. 
Right. Fangasm. Uh, it's, I remember people running through crypts and this tall, lanky guy who... Uh, we actually did a story about when he passed away right when we first started doing the show. Yep, I remember that. Uh, he's kind of chasing around and then there's these spheres that are floating around that have sharp dagger-like things on them that go chasing after you through the halls. I cannot tell you a lot about the story. I just remember images from it. But what they're doing is they're restoring the original version, the original film to a 4K version that they're going to release, how and you, then how, they're doing part four. So my, here's my question. Um, how do you take something that doesn't exist, like 4K resolution on a film that was shot on fucking like probably 8mm film? Only so I believe pixels. it has to do with heroin. Yeah. yeah. How do you... from, from what I understand, it's... They take the original, the the original reels, or as close as they can get. Um, like the, the Criterion Collection is a great source for this, for, for going up to just 1080 with when we got the Blu-rays and all that. Yeah. They they would take like like they did. I think the the one that they've taken the most time was Wizard of Oz, and they went over and just scanned every single cell into the movie. Into into the program, uh, create or cleaned up all the things that they needed, and then, boom, you have you have this brilliant HD um, movie from the seventy or sixties or you know back in the day. Problem with the eighties is they shot on shitty film, so that's going to be there, there's going to be this weird thing of not having not having a good, a good source, so you're going to have a, sh- a shitty translation, essentially. Right, which makes sense, and I'm, I don't know. I, I think but it's cool. a lot cool. of it can be restored digitally. I mean, it's you just run it through programs to clean but it up, it, it's, and that's a possibility. It's like it's this the CSI argument where they take a picture and they zoom in. Enhance. Yeah, they zoom in till and the fucking pixels are created as it zooms in. It's like that doesn't work that way. But this is but it's similar because you can get a lot closer on cellular. I don't know. You probably got fans that know more about this than I do. I'm going from Techzilla episodes from back when Veronica Belmont was still on there and the show was still a thing. I mean, we definitely rely on other people being more intelligent than we are. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Gregor, that usually is our guest. Mm-hmm. So thanks for fucking us. Yeah, you're welcome. We're done here. Uh, so yeah. Anyways. They're re-releasing Phantasm on 4K. That's yeah, that is what we were talking about. Okay, but oh. they're coming out with a new Phantasm movie too. That's which true. Which means we'll probably get some sort of Blu-ray set that'll come out, and then you'll be able to see all of them. Yeah, J.J. Abrams is supervising the 4K restoration, so he'll probably put in some car explosions and some lens flare. Lens flare, fisheye lens. I like fisheye yeah. lens. Yeah, I say J.J. is more known for lens flare, not. Car, uh, car collisions. That's Michael Bay. Oh, Jesus, who, look who you're fucking talking to. All right, let's. <laughs> I know be... if it's not an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, you don't pay attention. <laughs> exactly. Let's be impressed that I put clothes on today. <laughs> or do you leave the bed behind you? No, that's just it's, there's. I moved the dog bones so that they're behind me, so you didn't have to see them. That's about all you guys get. Is that just like see. you shifting your nuts? <laughs> no, that's just. See, look at that. There's a towel. There's a towel with my semen on it and some dog toys. <laughs> Actually, don't think one I, and the same. Don't think uh, whatever. I'm not even gonna tell you about the sweet dog treats that we got the dogs because you're being a dick, Corey. Were they milk bone? Nope. They're called woofles. It's a waffle for a dog. Oh, nice. Yeah, we're, we're those people. Um, do we need to keep talking about Phantasm? No, we can move along. Okay. Uh, let's talk about 10 Cloverfield Lane. Now, Gregor, I know that you were able to finally watch Cloverfield. Yes. Okay. Corey, have you seen Cloverfield? Uh, years ago. Okay. Well, you at least, yeah, so you have to rewatch it. It sucks, but, um. I it, got, I got motion sick from watching that movie. Really? Yeah. I know you mentioned that, which doesn't really surprise the, me because it's a found footage film, but. But still, there's found footage film and then there's. Let's set our camera on top of an earthquake, and we'll get steadier footage. Um, I have Hardcore Henry that I need to watch, and I'm wondering if that's going to be the same situation because that's the whole first-person movie. I don't. But see, here's the, here's the difference, though. 
is Hardcore Henry is shot in the, in the same way as the British TV show Peep Show was, where the camera's on the head. So wherever the head's looking, you're looking. For but to and this is only going to be for us, but you know, Cloverfield is this shit. You know where you're just moving <laughs> the camera around. You do that for for two fucking hours, and I'm gonna get towards the end, and I'm like, pause, go to the bathroom, tr- dry heave, and then come back. So I'm like, okay, I'm better, and then get there. I'm like, and by the time I get done, I'm like, all right, let's go, because <sighs> I got motion sickness. Did you see? Uh, oh no, you never mind. You didn't see the theater. You just watched it. Um, but yeah, two very different movies. Uh, yeah, I suppose. So we should mention that the biggest thing about Ten Cloverfield Lane is that it was originally a completely different movie, and then um, who directed this? Who? who Dan Trachtenberg. Okay. Um, they decided that it was going to become a Cloverfield movie. Oh, it was. It was, produ- it was produced by J.J. Abrams. Yeah, it was produced by J.J. Sure. Abrams and the. The uh, Drew Goddard and Matt Reeves, who were the writer and director on the on Cloverfield. Okay, so from my understanding is that this was a different, completely different movie that existed um, with John Goodman and uh, what is it, Michelle and Emmett, Mary and, Elizabeth Winstead. Yep, and uh, John Gallagher, who was Emmett, in uh, in the 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 bunker. And then the ending was uh, the original ending was that she gets out and like the earth is just destroyed, but J.J. Abrams got a hold of it and said, "Hey, let's make this a fucking Cloverfield movie," and then they reshot the ending to be the piece of shit that it is, and then like put put a couple scenes in which you hear like shit, pl- like uh, yeah, spaceships and stuff going over the top. Now, had you not done that, I think this movie would be great. I'm getting ahead of myself, but this is like my huge, my biggest complaint with this movie is is that they did that to it. But um, if you haven't seen it and you just want us to spoil it for you, it is about uh, a girl named Michelle who's fighting with her fiance, I yep. believe, and she played by Bradley Cooper. Oh, really? In a vocal role only. Bradley Cooper doing a lot of voice work around now. I mean, he had just been Rocket Raccoon. Yep. Well, maybe he's maybe he lost all his hair or something. I don't know. Uh, no, he's still no, he's he's brave. in that War Dogs, and he's still got hair. Oh, well, fuck both of you then. Yeah, he's still dreamy. But uh, yeah, so he Michelle's really fighting is. with with Bradley Cooper's voice. Uh, she takes off, starts driving, and then uh, a truck sides side uh, T Bone sideswipes Michelle, and then she wakes up in the bunker. And then this is kind of when it gets awesome. But shit happens. I don't want to give away too many things because I think a lot of the best parts of the movie happen inside that bunker. Yeah. I mean, 90% of the movie is in the bunker, but um, basically you spend the entire movie trying to figure out if John Goodman is batshit crazy and trying to help or wants to fucking murder these people. John Goodman's phenomenal in this movie. Um, I think he did a great job. I think he's a really good actor because you can't really tell if he's being sincere when he's trying to like help these people or if he's just fucking crazy. Yeah, he's right on the cusp of being Randy Quaid in the first Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're just like, oh, well, he's fucking nuts. But then there's moments of like, okay, well, maybe he's not completely nuts. Maybe he's nutty with a, an actual. There's something that's making him be more overboard. But then there are things that kind of get brought up that aren't really explained, like the fact that he keeps referencing his daughter, mm-hmm. and at some point in this, they discover. Well, or they think they at least discover that it wasn't really his daughter; it was some kidnapped girl. Yeah, you sh- you should rephrase that. He never really says that it's his daughter, Michelle. No, he does. I thought Michelle said, "Like, oh, is that your daughter?" And he just goes, "Yeah," and just walks away. So yeah, he never comes out and says, it. "Megan is my daughter," or not, "Megan, yeah, Megan is my daughter." It's just she asks a question, and he just deflects it, says yes. But then later, you find out that Megan wasn't really his daughter. And, and wasn't really Megan. Yeah, so it's like this weird, um, he admits, he doesn't really, what the fuck, how does it happen? Emmett points out that the picture that John Goodman was Howard, right? Howard was his name? Yes. Yeah, so yeah. Emmett points out that the picture that Howard showed Michelle was not really who was his daughter. Because earlier you find out that Emmett like, helped John Howard build the bunker. Which yeah, is I actually... a different take on it. Because of the fact that we saw John Gallagher Jr., who played Emmett, 
recently in the movie Hush. He was the guy who was chasing the deaf girl around. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. And he was also Jim on the newsroom. So he's played some very diverse roles. But I was kind of waiting to see if Emmett was actually the reason why this girl disappeared. Because we knew that Emmett had been in the bunker as well. Yeah. And maybe in the point in time that he was helping Howard build the place that he had kidnapped the girl and killed her there. And... Like, he was lying to Michelle at this point in time. But that is not what happens. That's not the payoff we get with Emmett. No, he gets fucking dunked into a bucket of acid. Which was was an intense way to go. But, yeah. I don't know, Gregor, this is the first time you saw it. So, I'm curious what your thoughts are. So, I I picked the movie because I'm a a big fan of Dan Trachtenberg. I've I've followed him since his show on Revision 3, The Totally Rad Show. Um... And so this was, this this was like reading slash film and seeing, oh he's doing, uh what was it the movie was gonna be Crime of the Century was the first one that he signed on to, and then it then he signed on to do Why the Last Man, and then he signed on to do an untitled Bad Robot movie, which was first called The Cellar, then it became Valencia, and then finally Ten Cloverfield Lane, and I was immediately wanted to be like, all right I'm going to see the movie just shit sort of fell in the way to where I didn't get to see it in theaters. Mm-hmm. And then so I'm like, all right, Matt asked me to be on the show. I know what movie I want to do. I want to do this one because it's a horror movie in theory. Like it's <laughs> billed as a horror movie. But I'm a bad, see, I'm a bad judge because I don't really watch horror movies. I've only seen, I think, five in my life. And they're not really horror movies like Shaun of the Dead, um, uh, Cloverfield, Cabin in the Woods, and then this one. And I, there's maybe one of the one I'm not thinking of right now, and and it's just like, but with this movie, I really liked this whole setup. Like you, you're following Michelle throughout the whole thing, and I didn't recognize it as Bradley Cooper as the fiance. I was just like, oh, some guy. I'm like, wait, Bradley Cooper? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's another one to blow your mind, Gregor. The woman who comes up to the door. Wanting screaming in. and has the 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 skin kind of melted off of her. Uh, Leslie, yeah, she's played she's... by Susan Cryer from uh, from Silicon okay. Valley. Yep. Yeah, I knew that one. I knew I'm like that's the Raviga girl. I can't mm-hmm. think of her, her name, but that's the girl from Raviga who replaced uh, what is it? Uh, Gregory, Peter Gregory, Peter Gregory. Yeah, I, I yeah. It, it... It was. It took me a second to realize it was her because she talks normally. She doesn't talk in like that weird bitchy tone like she does in Silicon Valley. So, yeah. But, yeah. I mean, for the two minutes she was in there, if that. Yeah. Plus the death scene or seeing her dead in the shed. Yeah. Um. But no, I mean, this whole movie, it it was very much, and I heard it through watching the 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 press things where they were talking with all the people and Dan, Dan compared this to like a Hitchcock movie and John Goodman, they all compared it to a Hitchcock movie. And I could see that in, you know, with what I know of Hitchcock movies, you know, it being more a psychological thing and following like, like you said, is Howard crazy or, you know, how, what are his intentions? How does Emmett fit into here? What's happening up, like, like uh, top side, and honestly, this this got me interested in, like, whatever is the next Cloverfield movie. Have they announced with, with if that they're doing end. another one? I don't, I don't know if they've announced it, because with how they set this up, I could see them going away from the horror genre in the with the third movie. Because with with the ending that you you didn't like, I I enjoyed the ending, um, but with her spoiler alert, her going to Houston, um, to try to join the resistance or whatever, I could see them making it more of like a like like a, like an Arnold Schwarzenegger action movie in that regard. I don't even know how to like how they would do that. Now you more recently saw Cloverfield than either of us. Mm-hmm. I thought it wasn't. I thought the monster in that one was more like a Godzilla than like a space worm. With my thinking of it, because it was, it was like this, like this guy who has 
hand hand crutches, like the lady from ER, um, and then and then a metal rod uh, rod on his penis. It's like one of those type of monsters. <laughs> <laughs> bung, bung, bung. Sorry. Uh, uh, it, it was it was more like that, like a like whenever you see a person in a gorilla costume, like when they and they're not they're not doing a squat, but they got like their a longer arms thing. It's it seems like like that type of creature, mm-hmm. like a knuckle dragger. Yeah, but it also seems like this. They could have been similar creatures, but one's just like a Dalek or the Krang in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where it's inside a tin can that it's controlling. Well, don't we see two creatures in this anyways? We see one on the ground, and we see the thing that's pulling her up to essentially chew the truck up. Yeah. That she fucking... Uh, Peter David Weller, the, the thing in the air, like Peter Weller did the shark at the end of that movie that we just watched. or No, not the shark, but the monster in Leviathan, where he goes up and he throws a bomb into the thing's mouth. Mm-hmm. And that's that's seems to happen in a lot. Like, they did it in, in Independence Day, too. Where they throw something inside the the monster, and that's how they kill it. But and that's where we needed Schwarzenegger. Yeah, we needed true. that line. We yeah. needed just you one ugly motherfucker, and just throw something. <laughs> there. Just... Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. The ending just—I'm so sad about the ending. Like, well, I didn't have a huge problem with the ending because it. The only problem I have with the ending is the title of the movie, because. If the ending had happened after everything, but you weren't really expecting that uh, because you couldn't tell what was going to happen, then that would have been fine. But naming it 10 Cloverfield Lane basically set you up of like, well, we know what Cloverfield was, so we're going to get some big-ass monster at the end like Cloverfield. But even that, though, it it, it didn't seem all that different because of the fact that, like, here I'm expecting... With the the emergency radio, like we're gonna hear some news about about the attack in New York, or or something along those lines, and yet, and then when you see hear the the like the truck or whatever it is, the helicopter monster alien and a hovercraft thing flying up above, it was more of a okay, is that the military, not necessarily aliens it wasn't until the end where I'm like okay I get it but I do see your point like if they called it Valencia and then but left everything else the same so like with the the mailbox falling over as she's going away and it says 10 Cloverfield or 10 Cloverfield that would have made it a little bit better and more of a bad robot surprise like J.J. Abrams usually would do yeah I feel like they did two disservices because they tell you, but with the title, that it's something Cloverfield-related, mm-hmm. which sort of gives you an expectation of the end. And then at the end, they give you aliens, but they don't even give you the Cloverfield alien, so it's not even like it's necessarily tied to that other movie. And you get that if you're like, oh, well, I like Cloverfield, so I'd like to see more about the aliens in this. They don't even do that. So it kind of fucks you in two ways. Yeah, yeah, not the good kind of fucking either. And I think that's there's just the I think the problem was is that this was a movie, and then they're like, nope, we're gonna make this a Cloverfield movie, and they didn't really do it right. Yeah, it's like those movies from a few years ago where they'd film everything, and then at the end somebody'd say, you know what, we should make this 3D now, and and tack on 3D to it, and nobody liked it because it all felt like bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked last week about the surprise of the new Blair Witch movie that came out that was at first called The Woods. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew it was going to be about the Blair Witch. But when you watch the trailer, it's very obvious Blair Witch throughout the entire thing. So it's not like they at the end they said, oh, we've got this movie, well, let's tie it into the Blair Witch. It's like, no, this looks like it was made like that, they just didn't tell anybody. And this is the opposite. It's like, this wasn't made to be a Cloverfield movie, but at the end they're like, well, let's, let's turn it into one. Let's just see if we can get some more interest up because we'll name it Cloverfield. Yeah, there was talking about uh, the Blair Witch in the Woods. There was something I saw something. There was like two posters and it was um, how the the Woods one that had uh, it, oh, fuck, this is going to be hard to explain. But it says the Woods and it's like looking up at trees 
and the yeah. blank space in the trees is actually the Blair Witch logo. And then they released a poster that said the Blair Witch, and it says, like, horror or terror returns to the woods. And that was before that they announced that the woods is Blair Witch. Right. So they, like, were kind of leading into it, and and there was actually, there was definitely information out there, which I think is really fucking cool. But, like we said, this is just, they took a really good movie, and they're like, nope, this is ours now. This is, like, if you watched... Firefly and Serenity, and at the end of Serenity, they gave Mal Reynolds a lightsaber and said, "Oh, by the way, this is actually Star Wars the whole this time." Is, this is a Star Wars movie now. <laughs> well, then, then that would have guaranteed a sequel or a season two. That's true. Know. That's true. It would have fucked up something that was great on its own to try to cheaply shoehorn it into some other existing thing. Yeah. And then they would have said, "Here's Joss Whedon's Star Wars Serenity." What? Okay, but so here I'll 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 turn this to you guys this way. Corey, you know I don't know Matt if you know or if you you've seen the Totally Rad show or not. Mm-mm. So I don't know if Corey, I think you have. I saw an episode or something a long time ago. Yeah. Um. So you guys don't really know who Dan Trachtenberg is. So if you were to watch, if you were to see this movie, and let's 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 take J.J. Abrams out of the equation, which just says it's produced by Drew Goddard and Matt Reeves. And it's called The Cellar or Valencia or whatever. Would you go see it? And it had the the original ending of her going out and seeing Wasteland, not Aliens. Was the the trailers the same? Everything's the same, just the ending is the original ending and the name is different? Yeah. Yep, hands down. Because it yeah, was, the trailer it, looked great. Yep, it had nothing to do with the fact that it was a Cloverfield movie that made us... Because my wife and I went and saw this opening weekend. And it had nothing to do with the fact that it was a Cloverfield movie because neither of us liked that. It was this trailer and just how it looked. Because if, if anything for me, this this is what made me watch Cloverfield. I, when Cloverfield came out and it was like that whole found footage thing, I was like, eh, I don't need to see that. You know, I don't... I'm, I'm not a huge horror fan to begin with, but then you add on found footage, shaky cam, always justifying a reason why are you filming right now dumbass you got monsters chasing you oh, I gotta capture this in case we die you know shit like that mm-hmm. and honestly it wasn't until I purchased the blu-ray because I saw <laughs> on, the, on the blu-ray that oh you get Cloverfield included well Matt asked if I was going to watch Cloverfield so there we go you know two birds one stone for 20 bucks Cloverfield the movie we have to give away See, For think, me, yes. I think that's really cool that they did that where, you know, Cloverfield was free if you bought 10 Cloverfield Lane on Blu-ray. Yeah. But again, it's setting up an expectation. If you come into 10 Cloverfield Lane dry, so to speak, uh, and you have no idea about Cloverfield, then you're just watching this movie, and at the end, you don't have an expectation as to what's going to be out there. I, I, I think it... I think their thought process was Cloverfield was going to be a selling point, and to me, I think that was really the one strong detriment to an otherwise excellent film. Yeah. Yeah, I think Cloverfield would have been better if it didn't exist and this was the first Cloverfield movie. Right. Yeah. If this was the prequel to Cloverfield, and and then they actually seem to tie together more than just the title, that would be great. But I think it would, again, benefit more from not telling you that up front. I think Cloverfield would have been a better movie if it wasn't all found footage. Now, I, I like the idea because they, they did it really well in there where they intercut with, like, before the before the thing with like that the boyfriend and girlfriend, like, just showing off or, or, you know, hanging out on, on Coney Island or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, again, it, I, I can't get over the, the fact that it was just so shaky and it was found footage. But then again, you, like, you guys talking about comparing it to Cloverfield, the only expectation I had in that end sequence was, oh, she's going to die. Because, spoiler for Cloverfield, a movie that's, what, five years old or whatever, they all died. And it's like, all right, big whoop. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, the, it's kind of funny because it would have really behooved Hollywood to support the shit out of Google Glass because if everybody was walking around with Google Glass on, then it would give your perfect into 
well, yeah, all this stuff is being recorded because people are just wearing it on their glasses, and it's giving augmented mm-hmm. information to them as they're running around, so this works. It would take that, that, that sounds more like thing. a Black Mirror episode than a movie. I, maybe, but I mean, <laughs> it seems like that would be exactly what would happen is if we got used to... We're already used to walking around with our phones in front of us looking for Pokemon. We're, we're used to being connected all the time anyways. But if Google Glass was something that sat on your face and just recorded and you didn't have to worry about this is what my hands are doing, or this is what's going on that I have to have this happening, and you don't have to explain that part away, then all of these found footage movies would work a lot better. Or even a GoPro with yeah. a, some sort of harness. That would be a better explanation than I'm going to carry around this portable camera and record all the shit that we do. Like, yeah, it makes sense at a party, but when the shit hits the fan and buildings start blowing up, the first thing I'm going to do is ditch the camera. Yeah. I'm also going to ditch fat-ass T.J. Miller because... Oh, I forgot he was in that. Yeah. He was the one in the camera. And I'm kidding because oh, T.J. Really? Miller is in way better shape than I am. Um, he's So funny, fun story for me. It sucks for you guys, but... So T.J. Miller apparently really loves Appleton, the city I live in. So every time he goes on tour, before he starts his tour, he goes to a small club here and does a show. So I, like, ceased to do my work one day because T.J. Miller tickets were going on sale. And there was a limit of two per person. So I ended up getting two. So I'm really fucking excited about seeing T.J. Miller finally. Nice. Yeah. I enjoy him. That was was like my slow jerk moment for the day. Sorry, guys. That's okay. That's something that... Somebody likes Appleton. A lot of people do, you fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's because they buy dog woofles from you. I don't make the woofles. We purchase the woofles. Yeah, but then you give them your own special coating. The own secret clay. No, there's totally like some sticky stuff on it, but it ain't my sticky stuff. I would assume it's bacon jam. So, I have bacon yeah, butter. overall, for a movie that takes place in a pretty closed-in area it it feels big for, yeah for what it doesn't it's worth. feel like it's small at all and it feels kind of like if if i was going to make a bunker everything that he kind of plans out is solid and doesn't look overdone Mm-mm. like the the filtration system for the water and the air using the fish and everything it it seems all feasible and the area feels big enough that you don't get bored looking at the same walls all the time and they utilize the music really well with the jukebox. It just it's a really well acted and well put together movie. Oh yeah, this is one of the movies I love the score on. Oh. I mean, just yeah, from just like Corey said with their song selection, the the orchestral stuff building up to false jump scares um or or even, you know, actual jump scares and you know even again at the end where she's in she, she's in the 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 curtain suit um yeah, yeah. going and they had the camera right there next to her face um giving that extreme like close up and that was all the noise you heard it was almost like the excuse me the sci-fi show the expanse where whenever they're outside in space you just hear nothing and i'm like that's cool even though she's on earth Everything is, you know, atmospherically okay. You're you're still in her point of view. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of her point of view, at the end of the movie, we find out that, as we said, Howard was correct. You know, we even kind of get a hint of that when Leslie comes running up to the door, but she realizes that Howard's not crazy about what's going on outside. He turns out to be wrong about the air, although not wrong completely because something does try to gas her afterwards and she has to run back and get her mask again. That monster just had farts. That's all it was. Yeah, seriously. Just... <laughs> and, you know, you that's it's pretty funny you say that because usually when you see a big green cloud of something, it's generally because someone has gas. Yep. Chlorophyll 3, pull my finger. Aww. But at this point in time, she realizes that for... Good or ill, Howard was right. But she led to... I mean, he also Very kind nice. of fucking murdered Emmett in front of her. Yeah. Um, so it was important that she get away, but do you think she feels any kind of regret for the fact that this guy did save her life and was honest with her for the most part? And 
kept her safe. <sighs> and it all came to a head because she convinced Emmett that they should make this suit and get the gun. Emmett took the bullet for her, but Literally. Howard shot Emmett because he thought Emmett was out of hand and was going to use the gun to murder him and try to control her. I mean, the way he explained himself, Howard seemed kind of reasonably right in shooting him in the face. Yes, in a Texas uh, defend your land. <laughs> Texas justice. Sort of <laughs> when your land is a 20 foot by 20 foot room, uh, God bless Texas. That's <laughs> yeah, true. But remember I mean, the Alamo, the, motherfucker. Wow. <laughs> but but with me with that part, it seemed like it was more, or at least how how I looked at it was, it was more him wanting to be with his new uh, Megan or whatever the second girl. Michelle. Her, her name was Michelle. Yeah. No, no, not not Mary Elizabeth Winstead. The girl in the picture with the green earring. It was like he was turning her into his pseudo daughter. Yeah. Uh, that's why he had her wearing the same T-shirt. Oh yeah, the girl that went missing. Yep. Yeah. I can't think of the name. I'm gonna look it up. Yeah. But, but I mean, again, he was he was sort of no nonsense. But when he finds out that they are stealing things like scissors and stuff, he realizes he's going to be attacked by one of them. Emmett takes the heat and says it was all him to to keep Michelle safe. But Emmett's excuse was, I wanted to get the gun so that she would respect me like she respects you, which is fucked up. Now, again, we're talking about Texas, but that is his, his statement. And so Howard is like, this guy was going to physically attack me to take the one weapon in this place to get the girl to listen to him. I can't keep her safe and me safe with this guy around. The easiest answer is to put him down. He didn't want him there in the first place. The guy had to break in mm -hmm. when Howard was closing up the doors to begin with. So in this moment, what Howard did made sense. And it's because... Michelle talked Emmett into turning on him by saying, well, he wasn't truthful about his daughter, but they never went and asked him. They just made assumptions. She made a lot of assumptions in this thing about, I've been kidnapped, and he's like, no, I didn't kidnap you. I was trying to keep you safe, you know, and I felt bad because I ran into you with my car. So all these things kind of changed the, the outlook of what he's like. So my question to both of you is, do you believe when Howard was explaining to Michelle about how like he was just trying to get home really fast and, and cut her off. And no. that's, and that's the thing. You never get that answer. And it's like, I, I wish that you never do that was, I wish that was answered. And Corey, we've had this discussion multiple times. Like I like answers. I like knowing why things happen in movies. I like, I like knowing why Howard kidnapped uh, Michelle. But remember when he said that to her, we were still just, then finding out that what was outside was real in some way or another. She still didn't believe things. Yeah. So yeah. as she goes outside, and he turns out to have been right about all of that as well, like, it didn't seem like there was a point in this when he was lying to her. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. He never does physically attack her or accost her at all. Mm -hmm. He never treats her in any way disrespectful other than you should be respecting me I saved your life he seems like a very cut and dry simple man right uh, with a military background who's lost family lost people that he's loved but he's never just purely out and out wrong and that to me is kind of the thing is like we end this and Howard was sort of the hero and the villain in her eyes yeah and I think that's what I really like about the movie it's like you never quite know what John Goodman was trying to accomplish, Howard, whatever. I keep going back and forth between the two. Um, you never know exactly what he was trying to do. Yeah, it's a situation that's completely fucked up. Yep. And so everybody reacts in fucked up ways because how can you act normal in this case? But he tried to create as normal a place to stay as possible, and it was just everybody reacting. But they were all pretty normal people yeah yeah wow never thought i'd be having deep conversations about 10 cloverfield lane thanks gregor the antagonist in this is the situation Whoa. the dude from the jersey shore yes 
That is exactly right. They went outside, oh, and he's just standing there showing his nipple like, off. Uh, and... uh, man, you big Jersey Shore fan? Fuck, big Jersey Shore fan, Gregor? No. Oh, damn no, it. Only... <laughs> Neither was I, but there was a, an episode where uh, Ron made... Teen Mom and them crossed over? No, I do love Teen Mom, but uh, Ron made Ron Ron Juice, and my buddy and I tried making Ron Ron Juice once. Didn't turn out very good. I assume that bucket of acid that they melted Emin in was just basically Snooky juice. Snooky juice. Uh, you just squeeze Snooky out once every week or so, and you just get yourself a big old bucket of Snooky juice. Bring her out like a big orange sponge. Uh, oh, God. Yeah, anyway, I, I think this movie... <laughs> just going to back away quickly from that one. Yeah, I think this fuck. movie was really good. I think it was a very solid film. The only shortcomings for it, really come from trying to make it something that it wasn't. And if you watch it strictly as its own film, I don't think that that personally damages it so much, but it's it's trying to force a connection where it shouldn't be. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I guess with that being said, should we go ahead and rate this motherfucker? Oh, yeah, we should. Yeah, so... Gregor, I don't know if you actually listen to our podcast or not. If you don't, I'm not offended. But we are going to rank... Corey is, though. Ah, fuck, Corey. Uh, We're going to rank 10 Cloverfield Lane in three categories. Rewatchability, story, and scariness on a 0 to 5 scale. Starting with rewatchability, Gregor, you being our guest, you have to go first. Um, I'm going to say 5. I mean, this is definitely a rewatchable movie for me. Yeah. And it's it's, it's not even the fact that, like, oh, Dan Trachtenberg directed it or... But it's just the performances in here are great. I would not be surprised if, you know, John Goodman or Mary Elizabeth Winstead or even uh, John Gallagher Jr. got, got like, you know, award nominations for this and, and all that. And, I, you know, it's solid performances all around. So, yeah, it's really rewatchable. Yeah, I can get behind that. Um, I'm going to go with a four. I mean, I, I saw it twice. I enjoyed it both times. Probably not going to break any doors down to go watch it again, though. Yeah, it's a four well, for me. I mean, it's on Blu-ray. Yeah, <laughs> it's, just it's... keep flashing your Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a solid four for me. It's very good. Um, once you get to the the climax of the film, though, you kind of know what's going to happen. I don't know. Yeah, watching a second time, what I'll get out of it. Um, uh, I I'm pretty sure if I would ever watch it. Like, just sat down, like, oh, I'll fucking watch 10 Cloverfield Lane. I would probably stop it when she gets out. There's just no need for me to ever see the end. <laughs> I don't care. It's not good. And I know what happens. Um, let's go ahead and get uh, the story, Gregor. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with a four. I mean, it's still, it's good. You know, it's, I, I, I agree with you guys. It's not perfect because I could see the, the, the predictability of like towards the end mm-hmm. and all that like oh she's gonna they're gonna introduce the plan here and and all that um but yeah 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 um I I agree I'm gonna go with man it's really hard so if I take it as the whole on the whole um I would have to say like a two and a half because the end just just so fucking terrible in my opinion <laughs> if I took the end off and did everything up to the end, I would go like four. Easily a four. So I guess I'll just split the difference. Three and a half. Uh, just because you can't... I would say 3.25? 3.25. We only do halves. We're fucking not math majors. But uh, y- you can't ignore the fact that the ending exists. Um, but everything leading up to the ending is really good in my opinion. Yeah, I didn't have as big of a problem with the ending. Uh, it's a four for me. I, I think that... Everything of the story up until she gets outside is so good. And the ending isn't a perfect payoff, even ignoring the Cloverfield connection. It's it's okay, but I think it might have been... It could have been taken a little bit in a stronger direction, I think, if they hadn't had that extra hand-holding. Uh, but it's still really good. Yeah. I don't know. Fuck you, Corey. No, you're, you're right in your score, Matt. I know. I know I'm right. I'm always right. Just don't tell my wife. Uh, scariness, 0 to 5, Gregor. Uh, this wasn't that scary to me, and I don't know if it's because 
I was just a real wimp in when I was younger, and so it's like I never really watched horror movies. But I, so I would probably say, like, because there are suspenseful moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably say a two. And actually, that might be just be pushing it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I was. I, I, shit, I don't even know what I would give it. I'm trying to think of anything that. Yeah, I, it's more suspense than scariness at any point. I'll agree and go with a two. Yeah, two seems safe, although I will say that that's with hindsight. When I was watching it, the expectation of what Amit could have actually been or what Howard could have actually been or what the creature could have actually been, all those things seemed like there was potential for more mm-hmm. scariness. Uh, so I thought that it, I was going to be jumping out of my chair soon, and it never happened. But my preparation for it was there. So 2 still seems fine. Yeah. It's it's solid movie. But like I said, it's more suspense than anything. So it's kind of hard to... Kind of hard to say it's scary. But It's uh, a really good character piece. I mean, everybody exploring the people's motivations and how they all react to being in this... this essentially, this bunker is really well written. Because, like I said... At the end of it, it doesn't seem like any of them are the antagonists. They're all protagonists in this story. Uh, they're none of them are the bad guy. That's. I think that's really interesting in what is otherwise a suspenseful horror monster movie. I, that was probably the best way you could put it. So, deep thoughts with Corey Scott. I like to go deep. Oh boy. Uh, you can contact us by leaving us a voicemail at 805-328-3966. You can email us at pot at gncast.com, or you can leave us a message on our website. Uh, we want to hear from you because we like the things that you tell us to do. Corey likes being bossed around, so you, you put this sentence in there saying that we want to hear from you. He just wants to be bossed around. BDSM. BDS fucking M. Uh, let us know what your favorite part of the show is, something you hate, something you want us to do different. Maybe you want to see Corey in a couple uh, BDSM pictures. No? I agree. Crickets? Crickets? All right. (laughs) Uh, You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Podcastatear. You can also subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of your favorite podcatchers. You can leave us feedback on whichever one you like. Five-star ratings would be tits. They would be. Uh, be At least four, four and a half tits. That would be a good 6.25 nipples. Uh, all mm. subscription options and links can be found at gncast.com slash subscribe. And finally, you can find us on our Facebook page under the Galactic Netcasts. Gregor, thank you very much for taking time out of your Sunday evening to record this shit show with us. Uh, why don't you go ahead and plug everything it is that you do? Well, there's I, I do a show with Corey, uh, which will be tomorrow on Galactic Netcast, called Else Nerds, and our social media stuff is Else Nerds. Um, and on Twitter, and I myself am at that Gregor on Twitter. I think Gregor one nine four two on Instagram. Gregor on Snapchat. Um, usually Gregor that Gregor or Gregor nineteen forty two on all various social media platforms. Wow, uh, Corey, how about you? Uh, Gregor's forgetting his Tinder is Big Bear Love. Big Bear. Uh, so, uh, glad he's wait wait. I would be on Tinder. No grinder. Big Bear Love. He'd be on grinder with that. Yeah. Smashing <laughs> peen tips with another hairy dude. Sorry, man. <laughs> Docking. Uh, you can find the comics that I work on, work with, just basically help publish onto the web at donutscomics.com. Uh, that's the best place to get a hold of me. Awesome. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Matt the Lifeguard. So thank you very much, Gregor, once again for uh, coming to hang out. And thank no you for listening to another episode of Podcast of Terror. The Sci-Fi Survival Guide is a podcast like you've never heard before. It is part of the Galactic Netcasts, but that is where the similarities end. It's a sort of audio feast, a theatre of the mind. You can find out more by going to www gncasts.com slash survive Maybe you will find out how to survive a nuclear explosion 
Or maybe when the hordes of zombies come knocking at your door. Each month, we will take a popular science fiction scenario and I will tell you how to survive. Be prepared at gncasts.com slash survive. Uh, next week we're going to be joined by the co-host of the Geek Cinema Society, Nicole Davis, to talk about some weird movie called Triangle that I have never fucking heard of. Corey, have you heard of this movie? No, I assume it's just going to be like a high school band member who's just sitting in his room playing the triangle, practicing for the, doing the marching band the next day. I assume it's just going to be a movie about Illuminati. Illumin- Nothing more horrifying than that. The Illuminati will be confirmed. Thanks again for listening to Podcast Dare. We'll catch you guys next week. Stay scary, everybody. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Podcast of Tear. You can help Galactic like Netcast pay for our web and audio hosting by supporting us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash galactic netcasts and pledge as little as dollars a month. You have been listening to a production of Galactic Netcasts. For more about this show and others, go to gncasts.com. That's g-n-c-a-s-t-s dot com.